Panera now delivers, so you can order good, clean food right to your office or door or porch or backyard or front yard or apartment or dorm or castle or shop or worksite or wherever for lunch, dinner, and everywhere in between. Click the banner to order or visit PaneraBread.com. Participating locations only. Panera. Food as it should be. Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to the Nurtured Heart Approach November 2017 podcast. We are excited to have a rich discussion about our topic this month, navigating the holidays using NHA, as holidays can be tough for many reasons. Today, we will be discussing two different perspectives regarding the upcoming holiday season, how to navigate unhealthy relationships during the holidays using NHA, and how to navigate the holidays with intense children keeping both you and your children emotionally healthy. We're doing things a bit differently today, as we have both a parent on the show who can speak to navigating the holidays with intense children, as well as a therapist on the show who can speak to how to support adults during the holidays when they may not have healthy relationships with their family members, all through the use of the Nurtured Heart Approach. We are delighted to have you join us on this lovely day in November I am Stephanie Rule, a certified NHA advanced trainer, a former middle school counselor, and I work for the Children's Success Foundation. I am also a wife and a parent of two children, ages five and eight, and we live in a nurtured household. We have two dynamic, experienced NHA certified trainers here with us today for our discussion, and I would love to just jump right in there to introduce them. Our first guest for the day is Mary Black. Mary has been working with children for many years. She is mother of two, stepmother of four, adopted mother of three, and a foster parent. She has a degree in psychology with an emphasis on early childhood and family relations. Mary found the Nurtured Heart approach when one of her adopted children did not respond to any methods she had learned. She has been using and training others in the Nurtured Heart approach since 2013, Mary and her husband, Nathan, have fostered over 60 children over the years, each of these children having experienced or been exposed to trauma causing intense behaviors. Mary states that four of her nine children are also high rollers, and the Nurtured Heart Approach has forever changed her and, in turn, impacted every child that is in her home. Wow, Mary, your bio gave me goosebumps. What an impact you have had on so many foster children. It's such an honor to have you join us today. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's go ahead and introduce our second guest, and her name is Jennifer Lodery. Dr. Jennifer Lodery is a clinical psychologist who has worked for over 25 years with intense, challenging children, teens, and families in private practice and in residential and day treatment. She has also, for more than two decades, taught the practical aspects of psychological approaches to parents, college students, therapists, and school personnel. Currently, she places special emphasis on the most useful intervention in her experience for not just improving, but actually transforming lives, the Nurtured Heart Approach. Dr. Lodery has provided Nurtured Heart Approach trainings to hundreds of parents, caregivers, educators, and mental health professionals. 
Welcome, Jennifer. It's so great to have you here with us today, and I'm really looking forward to hearing your wisdom on navigating potentially turbulent holidays using NHA, as I know that you have tons of experience. So welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, you're so welcome. All right. So ladies, before we dive into our rich discussion for the day, we do have listeners, lots of listeners, who are new to the Nurtured Heart Approach. So I find it to be quite valuable to give a quick, you know, 30-second or so thumbnail um, of what the Nurtured Heart Approach is. And I really love to hear the different perspectives of my guests on the show. And so I've asked both Mary and Jennifer to give us their version of the 30-second NHA thumbnail, and they have both graciously agreed to do so. So in your own words, how would you describe the Nurtured Heart Approach to someone who is just hearing about it for the first time? Jennifer, would you like to go first? Um, Sure. What I would be likely to tell someone is that it's a matter of really observing your own behavior and and what you're giving relationship and intensity to. So just refusing to give relationship and feedback with oomph to negative behavior or reactions or anything you want to see less of and being committed and really focused on scanning all the time for positives, for something just okay or a little better or in a positive direction and giving evidence of what you're seeing there to the person with some enthusiasm. And then that's the first two stands. The third is clarity and consistency where it's just without fanfare. If, if this, then this is what occurs, and being consistent with it. Very succinct. Thank you, Jennifer. I like that. And I, I really like the um, not giving negative feedback with an umph. <laughs> that was good. I like that. Mary, how about you? Do you have any different spin on that that you'd like to share? Can you hear me? Yes, now I hear you. Okay. Sorry, my little blip on the Nurtured Heart Approach. Um I feel like the Nurtured Heart Approach, it's a way of being. Um, it gives you the clarity to see the value in yourself as and others as you navigate through life. And it is the scaffolding that supports you as you build upon the qualities that others already have and define your inner strength and their inner strength. It allows you to reset, to move forward, no matter what is thrown your way. And once mm-hmm. you incorporate Nurtured Heart into your life and begin to live it, it gives an expansive understanding of those around you. I had this visual of being, and and the two, Mary and Jennifer, you'll understand this, of being in an elevator um, with the two of you and me being a new person to Nurtured Heart and hearing the two of you explain it to me in such a quick way but was so um, clear, with such clarity, um, that was really, really great. I, I, I think that um, that was very helpful I know that that would have been very helpful for the viewer, the, not the viewers, but the listeners out there who are new to Nurtured Heart and hearing the way you guys both described it was really great. So thank you for that. Thanks for jumping out there and sharing your perspective like that. Okay, so without any further ado, I think that it, we should just go ahead and jump right on into our discussion about navigating the holidays that are 
coming up very soon here using NHA. Um, so here's the thing, let's be totally honest. So many people, so many people cringe inside as soon as the holidays begin to draw near. The family dinners with family members that otherwise you may not see all year long, the arguments, the discomfort, the pressure to be someone that maybe you don't really feel is you, all the sugar affecting our already very intense children, all of that can make for very potentially turbulent holidays. Um, and Jennifer and Mary, I think that a really nice way to launch this discussion would just be to start with any tips that you, either of you might have about navigating the emotional stress of the holidays using the Nurtured Heart approach. Anybody want to di dive in first? Um, I, I'm, go ahead, oh, Jennifer. Go ahead. No, go, no, Mary. I'm good. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, well, I was just, I've given a bit of thought to this in terms of keeping your mind, almost starting with the bigger picture of, of what is it you you named uh, Stephanie a number of things that make the holidays stressful for people, and mm -hmm. I want or potentially stressful. And I wanted to add a few more um, because I think when we when we start with the bigger picture and then come down to sort of tips or or uh, methods, I think it's going to um, come together. And mm -hmm. and so in addition to all those things you mentioned. And we are certainly living in a very heated time. Also, we could add in the political uh, polarization that's here in the country right now. And so unless a family happens to all be on the same page, um, that can be an additional stress currently. Uh, also, also um, you know, just as part of human nature, yeah, people tend to be more triggered by their own immediate family members that they had had long histories of, of interactions with. And so, mm -hmm. and, and even adults tend to somewhat have a tendency to respond a bit like they did as children, at least internally when they're around mm -hmm. parents or siblings or um, so it is not only a challenge of, of, may, of uh, supporting the intense child or teen with their behavior and reactions, but of course it's also a task of, of managing our own responses. Mm -hmm. and, and, um, and additionally, there's of course the worry that the intense child is going to act up, so that can increase stress, and then we're going into the holidays or holiday celebrations already stressed out because the whole season adds a lot of pressure, um, a lot of stress in terms of time, energy, money, uh, expectations. And, and for those people who are sensitive to kind of the vibes of what's happening around them, even just being in the stores or on the roads, there's a level of intensity in the holiday season that's higher than usual. Mm -hmm. And so so to as a context, I think to remember that we are in that situation and to really be as gentle as possible with ourselves and and do as much preparation as we can as the adults in terms of whatever 
set of strategies we have that helps keep us in a calmer, more balanced state. This is a chance to really up our game and be very conscious and mindful about how we do that, whether it's slow, deep breathing or making sure we get some exercise or some outdoor time or um, and, and not taking on extra um, extra commitments that are not absolutely necessary in a very, very busy time. Mm-hmm. That's a big one right there. I agree with yeah. that. And a very difficult one to honor um, during this very already very busy time because there always seems to be, at least for me as a parent of young children, there's always yet one more thing that has to jump onto my plate. So I um, very much appreciate you bringing that up to not take not continually take on one more thing and one more thing and one more thing because you're right, it's going to continue to add to those stress levels. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Jennifer, I hear you talking about what I, what I think I'm hearing really is um, in what you're saying is using, at least so far I'm hearing, using the importance of using stand one and two with yourself. The more, the longer I've been involved with Nurtured Heart and practicing it and teaching it, the clearer it becomes that it is most powerful used across the board, used with the adults in our lives, used with partners, used with all children, and perhaps most fundamentally used with ourselves because the, there's a real stress contagion that happens it would, if, you're, if we're talking about the impact on a sensitive child, reactive child, they are going to absolutely either become more reactive or less depending on the state the parent or caregiver is in. And when we are constantly criticizing ourselves or stressing ourselves out with our words to ourselves, we become more and more agitated and the child reacts to that. Absolutely the truth. That is so important. You're right. Makes me think about Mary and having that giant household full of children. Um, Mary, I'd love to hear your point of view on navigating the the stressfulness of um, holidays and with intense children and or just a house full of children that may or may not be intense. Um, how do you go about using Nurtured Heart to, to navigate through that? Well, I think the first thing I have to do is is remind myself um, that frustration really stems from unmet expectations. And so if I put these high expectations on my kids for the holiday season, like if we're going to grandma's house, if we're traveling, which every year we usually travel, we make a 16-hour car drive, just me and my kids, to visit family. And if I start that car drive out or that trip out planning a perfect holiday, then I am almost immediately setting myself up for failure. So I have to remind myself, okay, I have to reset, start over. This is a a trip of experience, not an expectation of perfectness. And then I have to allow my kids that same um, opportunity to say they will not be perfect, and therefore I cannot um, push them into that corner. I cannot push that on them of what my desire of a perfect holiday is. And if I start my holiday out that way, then everything goes smoother. Everything I can let things roll a little bit. I can allow others to be themselves and remind them 
of what the expectations are, allow them to reset and move forward without getting too emotional about it. Um, meeting with my brothers and sisters, I, I do have a large family. We come together usually just the once a year because we're spread out over the country. And if I were to go into it with a closed heart, then I would constantly be upset by things said or by um, the things that they might say about my children. I I have I do I have thirteen kids and I go in so it's it's I bring a huge energy with me mm-hmm. wherever I go. And some of my siblings cannot. That's not who they are. That's too too much for them. And if I get offended by that then that can ruin the whole holiday season for me. So I have to allow others their their space and their their um, own personal right and their own personal things that they're working with. So with that in mind, I use Nurtured Heart constantly to see the good in all of my siblings and all of my kids and my nieces and nephews, and I search out those qualities that are might be hiding a little bit because of whatever's going on in the situation. And I pointed out, my brothers and sisters tease me that when their kids are feeling down, they send them to wherever I am in the house because I'll be sure to make them feel better because I, I really do value every single one of them. And if I go with that attitude, if I say my goal is to let everyone know how I see them and what I know and who I know they are, then it changes the whole holiday season. And I feel that that hopefully my kids can feel that also, that, that that's what we're going there for. We're going to build those relationships. It's not just for the food and the presents and the fun we have with each other, but it's to build upon who we see there when we get there. Mm. Gosh, that is really beautiful the way you said that. And I just keep thinking, wow, what a lovely person to be around what a lovely holiday um, atmosphere I imagine you would contribute to creating and then I thought I wonder or I, I am thinking there's probably parents out there listening to this thinking to themselves but how 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 like in the midst of all that chaos of having so many children or even if you only have two it doesn't matter really but having an intense energy around that you bring into the, into the holidays um, celebration, having judge, potentially judgmental family members who are looking at you and looking at your kids and thinking whatever they might be thinking about them. Um, how? I was hoping you could maybe, like, break it down a little bit for our listeners. How do you do that? What is it that you do? What is, how does Nurtured Heart provide that for you? I think how do you just focus on what's going right? Like, how do you just sit there and say these, point out these great things about people that are currently judging your kids? I have to constantly reset. And I also have to allow them to know that they don't know the ins and outs of my kids. I definitely don't. My children, um, especially my adopted and foster children, they have a right to privacy for all the things that they've experienced. So I don't share that with my brothers and sisters. Um, I don't, you know, that, I don't want them to view my children differently. And sadly, if they know what they've been through, they might. They might see, you know, a negative because of what they've been through. So when my – I have a sweet sister who um, has a hard time with most of my children, um, all of my adopted children especially, and what I have to do is I have to remember, okay, she doesn't know their story 
and really it's their story to tell. So maybe when they're older, they might share it with her and they might not. But in that sense, I have to set aside her her judgments and beliefs and say, this is who she only sees me once a year. And I have to say, okay, she doesn't really understand what my kids are going through. And at that point, I have to put her out of the picture. I have to take care of the situation. And in, and I very intensely and very, I will sit and focus on just that child or the children that are involved in whatever situation is going on. And I will shut out the outside world. And I will make sure that they know I see them, that they know I understand and I am there to help them through whatever stress they're, they're going through. There are times I have to allow them, I have to make sure that I have an out for them. If we're going to a party where there's going to be 70 people, just my immediate family, nieces, nephews, brothers, and sisters, there's over 70 of us. If we're wow. going there, one of my, two of my daughters, one in particular, if she triggers, she cannot remain there. I have to find a safe place for her to go. So if I go and say, okay, sweetheart, this is, this is your space, and we'll find another place in the house or wherever we're at, I'll say, this is your space, and we, we go there beforehand, and I'll say, when you need a timeout, you come here, and this is where I'll find you. And that way I set up in advance that I, I know, I'm, I'm letting her know from the beginning that it's going to be tough, and I know it's going to be tough, and I don't expect her to to stay in the situation if she's overwhelmed. So I'm giving her a place that she can go to reset. And then when I'm in the situation and she does need to reset, I don't allow my brothers and sisters and those around to affect what I'm doing. I basically have to just shut it all out and say, right now my focus is on my child, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to safely help this child into reset and into um, helping her calm down and do what she needs to do so she can come back and join us if that's what she wants to do. A lot of it is constantly resetting yourself, saying mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't fully understand. And no one fully understands unless they're in your shoes, fully understands what's going on. So if you uh, allow yourself to say, they don't fully understand, I can deal with the situation the way I know I need to deal with the situation and move forward, and then I have to let go of that negative energy that might come. If I hold on to it or, or try to explain to them the situation, it tends to intensify, in my opinion, um, at least for me. If I try to justify actions or if I try to explain why my kids are who they are or what just happened and why it happened, then I'm only feeding that negativity. Where if I, if I just build up and say, you know, right now she's struggling, but she's such a strong girl and she does this and this and this, and I sure adore her and love her in my home. You know, and I, I don't allow them to point out that negative. I won't hear it. I won't. I won't. I won't give it time or energy. And I and I think what I found is that if you just are clear with people about what you or your child need. So for example, just saying this is what works for her. You know, I I worked with another family where the the teen absolutely the only way she could attend family functions was to um was to have that exact option, a place figured out to remove herself. And she had a grandmother who would 
tend to follow after her and urge her to not miss time with the family, and the mother needed to say, just kind of stop the grandma halfway down the hall and just very firmly say, this is what she needs. She's being really responsible and taking good care of herself, and she will be in that room on her own until she's ready to come out. She gets overstimulated. And I think that that's a – I found that's a way – it's also possible to explain it to people where it's not like – it's not as though the young person is rejecting the family or ignoring the family or um, sulking or – Uh, It is that they just get overdone and they are using a wise strategy to calm themselves and be ready to interact again if and when they are. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This is such a helpful tool that you guys are, are discussing right now for how to reset. I mean, I'm hearing the importance of resetting and not just, um, not just resetting the not just resetting yourself, not just resetting the kids, not just resetting the the family members, um, but kind of the whole environment, taking that that moment away, providing that safe place so that whomever needs to take a moment away can do that, and then that sort of you know refreshes, resets, and renews the environment, the climate in there in the room. Um, so that everyone can continue on. And I love, I love, love, love how you're both talking about not giving any, any attention, any relationship, any energy, any nothing to the negative behavior that certain family members might be displaying in, by way of negative looks or, um, or saying negative things about the way the kids are behaving. Um, I think that's so so helpful for listeners because a lot of people go or don't go, choose to not go to holiday um, celebrations because of anxiety and fear of what the family members are going to think about them or their kids. So these these tools that I am hearing you two talk about are so helpful for helping those who people who may actually want to go to holiday celebrations but have that fear holding them back, I think that these are the tools they need to be able to get them there in a healthy way. And also to know that they are uh, armed and ready with the three stands to deal with the adults and the kids I think is huge because – for instance, being really proactive. If there are if there are uh, potentially irritating family members or triggering family members for the adult, they can come in or even think ahead of time about qualities that person has actually admire. Um, so let's just use the example of of somebody who might have different political views um, that could be triggering, but. Maybe maybe you admire the passion and commitment or the amount of information they've researched or mm-hmm. uh, and and even those could be things to point out with that person or it could be the um, it, it 
there might be the, the, the busybody who wants to ask a ton of questions, prying personal questions. Well, mm-hmm. what's, the positive, what's the positive quality in that person? Well, that person is potentially very interested in other people and cares about what's going on in their lives. And, and so they could be nurtured-hearted, so to speak, for those qualities while not addressing or answering the particulars of the nosy questions. And if those nosy questions continue, then we go to stand three, where you, you well, you've gone to stand one by not giving it energy, stand two by complimenting them on the things that are positive about their motivation, and stand three would be putting in a boundary in terms of, um, um, I appreciate how interested you are, but that's let's use Mary's example. But um, but I I really need to honor the privacy of my adopted child, and that's not that information is not mine to share. Mhm. Yeah, it really is a ju- a juggling act between the three fans. Mhm. I, I love um, the idea, and again, a really great tool I think for people going into the holidays. The idea of taking the the most challenging family member that may may be the one that that's making you think, mm, I don't know if I'm going to attend this family celebration, and making a list of positive qualities Absolutely. based on, the, or that's behind, I should say, the positive qualities that lie behind the negative traits that make you not want to come. What yep. are those positive qualities behind that? And literally write them down and bring them yep. with you. To the yep. celebration, so that you can be focused on calling that person out for for those positive qualities, because like you both are discussing, that is what will absolutely turn a climate around. If you can folks stop right somebody right in their tracks from going down that negative slope, so stand one, zero energy to that negative behavior, then you can turn it around by throwing back at them, let me tell you about. What makes you so great right now? You care, you're compassionate, you're, you're thoughtful for these reasons and list them off. And by the way, stand three, we're going to keep, you know, our daughter's information private, keep her boundaries. Um, and I love you for these qualities that you have. Like that is just so helpful. And I, I, I love what Nurtured Heart can do for a very to- potentially toxic environment. I think if we do do that kind of preparation ahead of time, in addition, setting our intentions in terms of mm-hmm. of how, as a family, as our immediate family, setting our intentions about but what is our purpose in going and and what do we want, how do we want it to go and how do we want to show up as a family? Who do we want to be? And then, mm-hmm. and then having the mechanisms to do that, coming up maybe with a list of, in addition to those positive qualities we could identify in other people, what are our reset strategies? Because we're not going to be at home maybe, or there's going to be a bunch of people in our home. And looking at how does that modify a strategy that, that we would usually use. So let's make sure we all, and not just the kids, I love it when the adults also make their own list of reset strategies because it's it's useful for us as adults to have those and it also makes the kid not feel picked on like you're the only one who needs this and mm-hmm. everybody can feel more prepared absolutely 
I totally there agree. Will, there are ahead. times when I will actually role play if we're going to I'll, I'll I, you know, cousins trigger each other, right? Um, they they <laughs> might they might not see each other all year, but that doesn't mean they're not going to tease each other when they do get back together. <laughs> so sure. we'll we'll I'll throw um, one of my kids. I'll say, okay, let's let's talk about what happened last time and how could we handle this differently. And then we'll we'll go through it. Okay, so so he just he just made fun of you. He made fun of your glasses, your haircut, whatever it is, you know that that makes you upset, how are you going to respond? What are you going to do? And it, it gives them a power to know that you, for one, understand what they feel and that, for two, you're helping them walk through it. And then when they get in that situation, they have that ability to say, okay, I've been here. Mom, help me walk through this. What can I do? What am I, how am I going to respond differently to this rather than screaming and yelling and, and you know, being offended? And I think that is perfect, setting them up for success from the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's so funny that you said that because I had just written down a question that I wanted to ask you, which was exactly that I was going to ask you, is if there was anything that you do to prepare your kids ahead of time. I know you did mention, you know, with the reset space, making sure you make that boundary clear for them. Like if you need to step away, this is where we're going to go. But I wanted to hear if there was any other strategies that you used, and there you go. That is um, such a great way to be able to not only help with clarity with um, how to handle a situation, but to be able to help model how to use nurtured heart in tricky situations for your kids. Yeah. Yeah. I allow I, – I definitely allow my kids, um, I mean, I have, my ages range from six months to 17 years old. And so I also task them to help each other. Um, Mm. So kind of keep an eye on each other. And if they see one of their siblings is struggling, to jump in and be that strength that they need. Um, And it builds the relationship between my, my children. And it also helps them so if they're in a situation where they can't see um, a positive or they can't identify an attribute of someone that might be, you know, picking on them, that that next person that's watching can step in and help. And it's much better to have their siblings rather than a parent come into the situation. It changes the whole dynamic when a Mm -hmm. sibling or a cousin comes up and says, hey, you know, I – are we struggling? Let's talk about this. Or, you know, I see that we're, we're, we're not playing very well together. How about we do this instead? Cause you throw the ball so well this way, you know what I mean? And kind of work it that way rather than having me to be there to jump in or even one of my brothers or sisters to jump in and to resolve a conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It empowers them to use nurtured heart with each, with each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because that is that is what happens when we use nurtured heart in our homes, it becomes part of the culture of the home, and then in turn the kids begin to use it um, because it's just part of who we are. That's how it is in my my home, and it's not really always that they use the terminology of reset or recognitions or the three stands. They may not be using that terminology, and they don't need to be using that terminology. What matters is that they're recognizing greatness in each other. It, what matters is that they know when they need to walk away or take a deep breath. And so being able to model that for our kids so that when they go into these tricky situations with 
70 family members or however many. Um, they're, um, I think it was Jennifer who said a few minutes ago that they're armed, um, and they're armed with the right thing. They're armed with the three stands. They're armed with the nurtured heart approach. And we are going in as the adults. We are armed with an ability to be proactive. You know, it before nurtured heart, I think it was a lot. I was a lot more likely to feel as a potential victim of a situation, either a victim of my own challenging child acting up or a victim of my own reactions to family members. And knowing that I can be proactive in terms of really scanning for the great qualities in other people or even just that they're managing stress or that they put the effort into creating this beautiful dessert or is it they just by by putting out that kind of feedback it's almost you're just that much less likely to get the negative happening or if you have to up your game and put out positive feedback in the face of something negative um you know what you can do and you're not at the effect of the situation as much anymore you're at cause and and I think that that's very, very empowering. And, mm-hmm. you know, in dealing with adults and kids, you know, I can think of um, an example that came up that I did not handle effectively before Nurtured Heart and didn't know what to do, and it's so abundantly clear now. And I'll share it because I think it's just such a concrete example. Um, there was a year when my son had a nasty cough, and um and we had older relatives who, and and uh, my father had gotten the flu one year from my sister coughing on him Christmas Eve, and he had never fully recovered from sinus infections and other issues. So, we it was a very hot topic to have somebody coughing on Christmas, and mm-hmm. and my son um, would forget to cover his cough, and some of the time he remembered, and some of the time he forgot. And being pre-nurtured heart, everybody, or at least at least my daughter and I, because she was about five years older, were on my son, and you know, in a kind of a worried, irritated way, whenever he would not uh, cover when he coughed, and he became more and more negative and frustrated, and of course, the Christmas celebration didn't. The atmosphere wasn't so great, right? Because we had mm-hmm. hurt the feelings of over and over this child. Well, now of course, with nurtured heart, I would know to to get excited every time he did cover and give that the relationship mm-hmm. and and attention and and that if he forgot sometimes to give him that feedback in a very mild mannered brief way. And if a boundary stand three, if a boundary needed to be put in, in that he needed to be seated, you know, a further distance away from the older relatives that may have needed to happen. But, Mm -hmm. you know, that is just a very simple example of how um, using the stands can really make all the difference in an atmosphere and in everybody's experience of a situation. Absolutely. That was, yes, that was a a crystal clear picture of uh, the balance of the three stands in, 
in a situation like that. And sometimes those situations are more intense and other times they're less intense than that specific situation. But the point sure. here is that um, the balance of the three stands, like you ex- explained, is what is so important behind um, to be able to navigate the situation without any of those hurt feelings and without making the situation go down a more negative, slippery, slippery negative slope. Um, so that was, thank you for sharing that story. So uh, one other major, major tip I would give people is that you can never overestimate the usefulness of just pausing and taking a few slow, deep breaths yourself, that that gets you out of emergency mode, sort of fight or flight, agitation, anxiety, and you can think more clearly and you can help those around you calm. And and if you take a couple moments, breathe, and just if a situation is seems to be heading in a negative direction, just think about which of the three stands is not in place and look at, okay, which one? Where do I need to focus right now? And you feel so much more empowered than if it's all just a blur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was great advice for our listeners. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I do actually want to come back to the two of you um, for any any last minute parting words of wisdom, um, like Jennifer just shared, um, but. It is, unfortunately, a time to wrap up our conversation. It always goes so fast, um, so, so fast. And this, one, this particular conversation, I think, is a fantastic, useful tool and valuable for our listeners um, as they embark upon the holiday season. Um, but as it is time to wrap it up, I do have a few quick announcements to make, and then I'll bring it back to you, Jennifer and Mary, if you have any last-minute words you'd like to share. I would like to invite our listeners to join us for future Nurtured Heart Approach podcasts, either by following us at Blog Talk Radio or at childrensuccessfoundation.com forward slash NHA hyphen podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter or Facebook by clicking the icon. Uh, Registration for our Tucson Certified Training Intensive, or the CTI, in January is now open the five and a half day intensive training you attend to become this is the, this is what the, the the five and a half day intensive training you attend is, and this makes you um, become a certified trainer, which allows you to teach and train using NHA, but it also allows you to gain a much deeper understanding of NHA and how to use it in your own personal life. To register for this training, go to childrensuccessfoundation.com under the training tab. And if you register by November 30th, you can get the early bird rate. Also, you can register on our website for the Three Stands e-course. This is also on childrensuccessfoundation.com. This is a free e-course that is delivered directly to your email inbox. The emails are spaced about three days apart to allow for application and reflection before the next one arrives. All NHA podcasts are recorded and archived for on-demand listening pleasure. Feel free to share the link to our channel here at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Nurtured Heart Approach. So, back to Jennifer and Mary. Mary, would you like to share any last-minute parting words of wisdom for our listeners? I just keep thinking about um, de-stress your holidays. Don't put so much pressure on yourself, and that allows you to... um, 
enjoy those moments. And then when you do have those moments with your children, cherish them. Don't be thinking about the next thing that you have to do. Sit down and absorb. It might only be a a two-minute individual moment you have with the child, but it's those individual moments that will change your outlook, and it also change the way the kids feel about the holidays. So try as much as you can to not be thinking about the next thing you have to do, but enjoy the moment you're in. That's beautiful. Thank you. I I love that. It's so very, very real to enjoy and live in and be in every moment with your kids. It's so important. So thank you for sharing that. Jennifer, I know you you already shared some some last-minute words. I did, and I think what Mary just said is a beautiful way to end. Yes, yes. Okay, well, ladies, it was a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for being so open and honest and real in this discussion. Um, and I I just enjoyed it so much. So thank you so much, and you guys have a great rest of your day. Well, thank you. And enjoy thank your holiday. You. <laughs> you too. Okay. Bye. Bye. Any stories shared in this broadcast are amalgams of experiences based on the use of the Nurtured Heart Approach by our hosts and our guests and are not based on any particular person, child, or adult. Introducing Carl's Jr.'s $5 All-Star Meals. Load it with satisfying classics. For just 5 bucks, you get a charbroiled double cheeseburger hot dog and, oh yeah, fries, drink, and a fresh-baked cookie. Or a double cheeseburger, a spicy chicken sandwich, and what? The fries, drink, cookie thing again? Or hand-breaded tenders and, spoiler alert, fries, drinks, and cookies for days, y'all. All for just 5 bucks. The $5 All-Star Meals. Stop by Carl's Jr. and get yourself one today. Price of participation may vary. Price is higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Tax not included. Panera now delivers, so you can order good, clean food right to your office or door or porch or backyard or front yard or apartment or dorm or castle or shop or worksite or wherever for lunch, dinner, and everywhere in between. Click the banner to order or visit PaneraBread.com. Participating locations only. Panera. Food as it should be.